Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have none other than Jay Dahan from us from Next Gen Properties. I'm excited for this because, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about strip center retail, which is something that you know I've been interested in recently, um, and it just looks like a lot of fun. So Jay is a developer; he is in uh, the retail strip mall world. Um, so I'm super excited for this. Jay, thanks for hopping on the show. Awesome, thank you, Gabe, for having me. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. So why don't you take us back to the beginning of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Absolutely. You know, funny enough, I was asked this recently. And the story that came up that really hit home for me was as a kid, I loved Lego. I love yes, Legos are awesome. childhood toy, you know, and I would love taking, you know, instructions and looking at the picture and taking all the pieces and creating something from nothing. And, you know, now I realize, you know, from that point on going into the development game and investment game really came down to me wanting it, having an interest, you know, in my right out of high school, I thought to myself, look, there's asset classes out there. There's businesses that you can invest in. But real estate always had that interest. You know, my father was an investor as well, too. So he invested in some certain projects with his partners. And that kind of always gave me the fascination of learning more about it. So I continuously educated myself, attending different seminars, webinars, post-secondary institutions to get more grasp of real estate and overall all the components. You know, and mostly, you know, when you think of real estate, you think of just transactionally basis of buying and selling. But when you start to understand real estate, it gave me the insight that there's so much more. So I immersed myself in the culture. I connected with the right people. And that led me to then moving into more of a commercial side of things by knowing the right network connections and being able to raise the capital that we've done. So all in all, for the last 10 years, I've been a commercial developer and investor. We do strip mall development and investment. So we take everything from land acquisition, buying the land, building the building, leasing it out ourselves, utilizing our real estate partners, and then management of the building until either we sell to an investor or we keep in our portfolio for cash flow. Cool, man. I love that your story started with Legos. I that was like my go-to toy when I was younger is just build putting, you know, building those Legos and putting them together. And I can definitely see how you took the passion for Legos and you know brought it over to real estate because same thing, right? You're basically just putting blocks together, building things that other people use. Um, so it's a cool way to start the story. I love that. Uh, and I like that you said, uh, I totally agree. There's a thousand ways to do real estate. And that's why it's so exciting. Um, that's why, you know, so many people love real estate is that there's no one right way. You can be a developer, you can buy, you know, fix and flips, you can, you can buy class A stuff and just do large raises. So there's tons of ways to go about it. You're in the development route, uh, which I love because I, that's not something I do. So this is an opportunity for me to learn myself. Um, so I'm sure you didn't start with development. So let's take it back to the, the first retail deal you did. Why don't you walk us through it? How'd you find it? How'd you decide to go retail? Um, how did that all start? So at the very beginning, we were actually like, it was my dad that was investing and he had a partner that was more on the construction side and they started residential. So mm -hmm. they would do infill duplexes, you know, tear down mm -hmm. an old house outside of a, you know, a more core metropolitan area. At the time it was up in Canada, Calgary, Alberta. 
and they would do infill projects. And then, you know, the duplexes would actually have good profits at the end. Now, I quickly realized on my side that residential development is great, but it's very meticulous. It's very, you know, and that's not kind of my style. I like looking at the bigger picture and I like seeing things that can be really benefiting the end user being the actual businesses in commercial. So from that point on, I looked at some opportunities and found a small municipality outside of the main city and said, this is an up and coming city. This city needs more retail, which helps my momentum and movement of helping inspire and empower, empower people to start business and create financial wealth for themselves. So we found three small little lots that were houses that needed to be torn down anyways. And we ended up buying them individually, tearing them down, and then working with the municipality to change up zoning requirements, getting commercial put into there, and then hired a general contracting company to step in to actually build our first commercial project. While that was happening, I stayed there day in, day out, and learned from that general contractor, taking notes, pages and pages of notes, creating videos, and anything I could do to immerse myself in the full-scale development. And that kind of, during that period, we were fortunate enough to find an investment opportunity of another retail strip mall. You see, the thing about retail strip malls is I feel like they're the golden egg of real estate. Why I say that is because you're looking, especially single story, 6,000 to 20,000 square feet. In the Canadian market, you're in between about that two to $7 million range. So investor pool is very, very open and, and there for you. But also your tenant profile. Your tenants are businesses that come in five to 10 years. They're also spending hundreds of thousands of dollars building out their own bays. So in my mind, I thought it's a very good opportunity. So we found one that we were going to purchase and just you know do a nice little fix and flip on it and kind of get some cash flow coming out of it. That one led to a quick deal of us purchasing it and then a cash buyer coming in and taking it off our hands, which left us with some good profit in hand. So that I took that profit and bought the piece of land across the street from the existing strip mall that we had just built. And that I took on as my project, my baby. And that took me 11 months start to finish permit to permit with my internal team to actually build out that 6,323 square foot building. Damn, man. I love that. Um, and it sounds like from the start of that story, it came down to you to, to you finding a metro that was in need of retail. So that is you know, the beginning of the real estate process is acquisitions. And it's probably one of the things that a lot of people like the most um, is you know going out there, finding the deals. But it's not always easy to find good deals, obviously. And it's especially... Um, you know, One of the things that a lot of people can go wrong with is when they find a good deal in a bad area. And so how do you go go about, um, especially in this first one, how did you go about deciding that this is where uh, this is where you wanted to invest? How did you decide on this metro? So the big thing is, is of course, the research. Like research is everything when it comes to acquisitions and looking into the municipality, spending time there, understanding how the city is operating, how the council is, economic development, Airdrie Chamber of Commerce, like looking at the, these types of components to really see population growth. That's massive. How are people and why are people moving to this area? And what are their needs? What is the age demographic? So research was a huge portion of actually spending time out in that municipality, really starting to dial in and seeing the energy and culture, you know, even going to meet with local residents, asking them about their community. How long have you lived here? Oh, you lived here your whole life. What do you think? How has the development changed? Getting residents feedback, I think, has probably been the 
biggest kind of tool that I've had to give me the insights of them saying, no, listen, like, like, you know, in the last three years, it's just been blowing up here. It's just moving and moving and moving. That gave us the indication that this is kind of a place that we wanted to be. Now it was a matter of choosing the right location, understanding what other resources we had around it. Like that place, that that uh, original one that we did, it had resident residential on one side and it had a little bit of commercial on one side, but the most best part about it was it had straight highway access. So that gave us kind of more like, okay, now we're kind of in between all of this. Now that would be a good location. So once the research was done, we went to location. From location, it was really, what is the ideal use now? Of course, it was retail in that moment because of the, the, the transition, but it was also looking into consideration the end user. See, most developers that I've noticed, it's awesome to build amazing buildings and look at your performas and trying to make your cash on cash returns for the investments. But we really need to focus on who is the end user that's going to be in there and how is that really going to benefit them? And I think with those three pieces, it allowed us to really, you know, take on that location. And and I actually ended up transacting that when I sold that building last year in October for 3.51. Hell yeah, man. That's great. I love uh, I love a successful exit. Um, is there any tools specifically you use? I mean, you talked about you're looking at, uh, you do a lot of research to find the metro and then you, you know, kind of narrow in on the exact location that you're looking at and define what is, you know, highest and best use for this area. Um, are there any like specific tools that you use for defining a, a good metro? Um, like I, I use uh, best places, obviously, just to kind of get a, a, a gauge as to whether there's a positive net migration or not. But, um, there's a ton of tools out there to use. Um, what tools do you use for that? I don't know if I'd consider it a tool, but I would just say people. Yeah. You know, connecting with the right people. And people became the tools for me because at that moment, you know, I was getting myself immersed. I was quite young at the time. I was just in my early 20s while doing this. And, you know, I, I didn't I don't I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. So utilizing people and finding real estate agents, finding, you know, even uh, appraisers finding people that were strategically already in that market and had been in that market gave me a lot of insights. And that became my tools to help figure out comparables and looking at per square co- per square foot costs and all the due diligence that it really takes. Yep. And I, on the people side of things, I think uh, two real resources that I like to use when I, when I do my due diligence, um, I like to call the police station because that they really have a good idea as to whether this specific location that you're buying in has, you know, vandalism problems, has crime problems, stuff like that. If if you call the the police station and they're like, "Woo, that is a that's a rough neighborhood. You want to stay out of there?" Uh, you know, it's a good indication. It doesn't mean you don't buy the property, but it's just you're going into it wide eyes wide open. Um, the second one that I like to call is just property managers in the area. I feel like that's another good good pr- people resource to be reaching out to. Uh, economic development, I think, would be a huge one as well, too, because they're focused on that. And then air, the Chamber of Commerces are also good because they just they can give you more insights on it. Again, for us, it was retail business. So we could really gauge on how many businesses are in the city, how many businesses are growing. And that kind of gave us, again, more knowledge on the end user portion. Perfect. I love it. Um, so, I mean, even this first project you did, it sounds like you had to do some zoning, some rezoning, um, something I've never done. I've never had to go and, and rezone a property. So what does that process look like? And and how do you know, um, you know, going into it that you have a chance to to rezone an area to commercial from, you know, residential or something like that? So what they have is area structure plans and then development plans throughout the municipality. So once you can contact the the city, you can actually start to understand what type of requirements they have 
what uh, restrictions they may have, and the types of zoning that could be applicable if presented the right case. So that was a huge part of, again, our due diligence to work with the city, to show them our plans and to get them to understand that it was viable. You know, they had to do a lot of testing and ask the residents if this was going to be okay. There was a lot of uh, community kind of um, engagement, so to speak, that would really get them to see if the community would be up for it. So that kind of led us to then understanding how to actually convert that, present our case the right way and get that approval. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you guys only do development or do you also buy existing structures, fix them up, you know, kind of flip, do the fix and flip model? So the developments were, were definitely kind of the starting off. That's what I've been doing for the last decade here. But really now it is more on the investment side. It's raising the capital now with the understanding and background that I have now and the connections I have. It's more raising capital and being able to do deal flow. So yeah. finding deals from multiple different areas. And that's why I'm out in the States now, really understanding the States market out here. I'm out in Florida and, and knowing where the markets are going here. I'm physically in Tampa. And, and seeing now where where that actually is landing with the investment side and utilizing network. You know, they always say it's not what you know, it's who you know, but it's also who knows you. So now yeah. being able to go out there and connect with the right people and being able to bring different deals to the table, that's kind of our primary focus at Next Gen Properties now. Nice. I love it. Yeah, Florida has been blowing up, man. I swear to God, every other investor I have on here is uh, is focused in on Florida looking to buy some of those uh, Tampa Tampa properties or, you know, Fort Lauderdale, whatever the metro is, but a lot of people moving there, great metro to be in, sounds like. Um, yeah, I'll give you the top 4 cities if you want them. <laughs> let's hear them. Let's hear them. Top 4. Tampa, Florida, Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Those were all those are on my eye right now. <laughs> I love them. I love them. All of those. I, uh, I've heard really good things. I I've only, um, I've never invested in, uh, in Nashville, but I've went there for the first time. Um, I think it was last year and man, that's a fun city. That's a really, it's just a fun city to be in. Um, I just took a peek at the clock. We are rounding out the first portion of this. So I am going to have to move, move us on, but I do appreciate you sharing everything you've shared so far. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, that brings brings us to the quick question round. Um, this is <laughs> this is the last interview of the day, and my brain is already starting to slow, so I have to apologize. But we are in the quick question round. This is where I ask you questions. You give me short answers. They don't have to be super short, but as short as you'd like. But it all starts with books because I'm a big bookie. So give me two recommendations: one for general life wisdom, and one for real estate or business specific. For real estate, it would be Real Estate Investing by Grant Cardone. Killer. Definitely a great one. Yep. For mindset and just overall, I think I would say Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a very, uh, um, yeah, it's been a long time since I read that book, but I remember after reading it, I was like, okay, I can do this. I just got to think positively. Uh, all right. That moves us to the next one. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Jay who had no experience in retail or real estate in general. Let's go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. I think it would just be one word, patience. Ooh, that's a good one. And it's a really hard one to, uh, to follow through on, <laughs> especially, especially when you got big estate. goals, big plans. Exactly. Especially in real estate, when you start getting into it, you start seeing the potentials and you say, oh, wow, there's so many, I can make so much money and there's millions and billions into it. And I think that was my, my biggest lesson that I would give my younger self is just have the patience to know real estate is a long game. If you're trying to go in for a quick time, quick money, it's not the best strategy to take. And I've suffered some losses because of that. 
Yep. Yep. No, it's uh, it's really good advice. And having more patience will also prevent you from running into the shiny object syndrome, which I have done way too many times because, because, you know, real estate, it's super exciting. There's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, but just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And most of the time you shouldn't, because when you switch strategies, when you switch asset classes, you know, you're, you have to learn it all again. And so, uh, so focusing in being patient, that's the way to go. And that leads us to the next question. Uh, you already answered this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways, and I'm going to ask you to choose one of them. Um, the United States, it's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of uh, square miles to invest in. So give me one metro that you're most excited about investing in today. Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida, baby. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. All right. And that leads us to the next question. Um, we all have strengths that we uniquely give to this world. So what is your Superman strength? Truly instilling the power of confidence in people, helping people understand that it doesn't matter if you don't have any money. It doesn't matter about any of your circumstances. With the right will and dedication and the mindset that you have, you're able to get into components like real estate. You're able to become an investor, developer, whatever it may be. You know, We so, sometimes use these limiting beliefs saying, well, I don't have enough or I don't know anybody there. That's your opportunity now to go out there and actually connect with the right people and create your dreams. Yep. Yep. I uh, 100% agree. Um, mindset is everything and being out, just just being persistent, I feel like is very important in, uh, in real estate. Um, and that's a good strength to have. So that moves us to the next one. This is the second to last question, third to last question. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today? My original mentor, Richard Dolan. And Richard Dolan was, I actually met him at a real estate conference when I first met him. And he's the public speaker, performance advisor to some very, very amazing people in this world. And he was really the stepping stone for me getting out of my own comfort zone, being fearful of public speaking and, you know, wanting to get into real estate. So he was kind of that motivational factor that really kind of pushed me into, into the man I am today. Nice, man. I love it. Well, Richard, thank you for helping Jay get to where he is today. And, uh, and, you know, that is one of the hardest things, um, just in life general, when generally when you're doing something new is just making that first leap, um, getting over those initial fears. And so if you got somebody in your corner to kind of give you that push, uh, that is definitely, definitely a, a valuable thing to have. Uh, and that leads us to second to last question. This is about tools. Um, I know we've kind of talked about tools earlier on, but tools are the backbone of every business. We all kind of live and die by the tools that we use. So what is one tool that you could not live without? Community. community. Having a consistent community, uh, whether it's a weekly call or a mastermind that you're on, but find a nice community that actually is involved in doing real deals that can provide you feedback, that can get you some research insights, just, just something that you can plug into consistently. Yep. Yeah. And it's... uh it is really grounding to be near other investors um, and just talking with them about the deals that you're doing because sometimes, especially when things go wrong, at least for me, um, the highs I can generally handle because I I, I feel like I uh, I'm I'm grounded and I, I don't let it get to my head. But when things go wrong, sometimes I catastrophize that going wrong, and other investors will be like, "Hey, man, it's not that big of a deal. You know, th- these are the problems you can do or the steps you can take to solve them." Um, so having that community is definitely a great tool. Mm-hmm. 
All right. And that leads us to the last question. This is for everybody listening because you've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure some investors out there are interested in retail. They might want to reach out and get in contact with you. What is the best way for them to do that? Best way to do that would just be going to my personal website, jdehan.com. That'll give you a little bit more insight on all my background, who I am, what I'm about, and then also really just being able to get in contact with me. And I will say just on that point, thank you for, for allowing me to share that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's jdahan.com, uh, J-A-Y-D-H-A-H-A-N.com. I will put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Jay, just go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can find Jay's URL. Right on, Jay. Well, that wraps it in, wraps it up. Again, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Perfect, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You guys are what we what we are here for. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have, have, have an absolutely fantastic week. I hope you can <laughs> say your words better than I can today. And other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.